This is the Resilient Disciples Podcast, powered by Awana. I'm your host, Ross Cochran. Thank you for listening. If you've read Resilient, Child Discipleship and the Fearless Future of the Church, you've seen the term fire carrier. I would love for you to check out the book so you can get the full context of what we mean about the importance and value of all of us being fire carriers. And I've linked to how you can get the book for you and your team in the show notes today. But we're going to do something a little different with this episode. The term fire carrier was not something that the authors of the book came up with on a whim. And I want to share with you a message from Valerie Bell all about this idea of being a fire carrier. What you're about to hear is from a message Valerie delivered to a select setting of disciple makers at Awana headquarters in 2017. Even though this talk is from 2017, it's as if she delivered it today because the wisdom and value of this conversation around being a fire carrier is just as important now as it was back then. Thank you for listening. Here is episode 47 of the Resilient Disciples podcast. Someone has said that story is the fire we carry to each other. I like that. Think about it. Story is the fire we carry to each other. And I'd like to work with that imagery a little bit this morning and kind of build upon it somewhat. In Cormac McCarthy's book, No Country for Old Men, he says that Sheriff Bell remembered his father being a designated fire carrier. And he would take the embers from a fire camp, put them in an animal horn, and then carry them to the next camp. And this was a survival technique that the cowboys learned from the Native American Indians. And so the uh, fire, the maintaining of the fire was so very, very important, and it had a lot of significance. It brought hope. You can imagine, if you've ever been camping, how dark the nights can be and how loud the sounds can be. But with a little campfire there, the ominous uh, attitude of those guys are mitigated a little bit. It's not quite so scary out there. It also uh, brought survival because you could cook some food, you could stay warm, and it completed mission because when hunters were out hunting, they didn't always bag something the first time, the first day. They had to go out for sometimes weeks, and the fire would allow them to continue mission. And the same thing for cowboys. The fire would allow them to protect their herds uh, from being vulnerable uh, animals. And so there was a great purpose in the uh, fire carrier's role in that culture. And so even today, if we look at storytellers, there is a great significance that they carry in our culture today because it is in their stories that our lives are sparked and fires are ignite that cause us to think more hopefully, more purposefully, more transformatively. Storytelling. So today what I'd like to do is look at how story gets built just a little bit. Hang with me, I'm getting to us in just a second. <laughs> Great storytellers know that that first opening line is really, really important. In fact, writers will work for days, weeks, months, years to try to write an opening line that has spark in it. 
And so I thought it would be fun. If you know who wrote these opening lines, just raise your hand. If you know the book or you know who wrote them. Here's the first one. Call me Ishmael. Moby Dick. Thank you. Moby Dick. Herman Melville. Here's another one. Happy families are all alike. Every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. Anna Karenina, Leo Tolstoy. Great opening line. And how about this one? It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Tale of two cities. You've got it. That's great. Okay. How about this one? I wish I'd written this one. There was a boy called Eustace Clarence Scrub, and he almost deserved it. C.S. Lewis, uh, Voyage of the Dawn Treader, right? Okay, and then this one. The night my body floated to the top of Foss Lake was when I started noticing Earth again. Uh, that's Valerie Bell in Graceland, an unfinished novel. <laughs> so this is what we learned from that. To be transformational, to be a transformational story, though, it has to be more than a first line, right, Valerie Bell? Yes. It has to also have some truth that rings in it. It has to grab you with the sense that this is going to enlighten your life journey. That's transformational storytelling. And so there was a story that began very simply thousands of years ago, but it lit up the earth for thousands of years with its hopeful truth. It transformed everything. Even today, millennia later, it burns brightly. And its opening line went like this. In the beginning... God created the heavens and earth. Now, to our callous modern ears who've heard that line many times, we can't grasp what that meant in a pagan world. In a pagan world where life was worthless, where life was dark, to begin to think that there might be some purpose in our creation, that we weren't random, but we were the result of a purposeful idea of an awesome creator, God, that was fire. That story carried fire. And it continued. We were wanted and pursued by that creator, God. And we turned away. But he didn't give us over to the darkness. He even called us his children after we turned away. We weren't just his creations or some kind of experimental life form. We belonged to that amazing creator, Father God. He loved us. And we turned our faces away. Again and again, that pattern is repeated. It is much of the theme of this story. He loved us, but we turned from him. And then after a very silent period of hundreds of years, the story was restarted. John in his gospel even started it with the same words that the Old Testament began with. He wrote, in the beginning, and he did that so we wouldn't make a mistake of thinking this wasn't the same story. In the beginning, and then he fills in the blanks, was the word. 
And the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all people. That light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. That was the ideas that God had a son and was uh, lovingly creating us and continuing in his relationship, shining light into our darkness by giving that very same son. That was fire. The light that shone in the darkness, John carried that light in his apostle writing in the beginning lines. He carried that fire to the world. The disciples and the apostles, the early church, carried that fire to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. To the outermost parts of the earth, they carried the story of Jesus. For centuries, mothers and fathers have put their children on their laps, and they have given them that fire through that story. They have breathed the fire into their children's lives. That same story. For centuries, preachers have carried that fire in their sermons. And missionaries have carried that fire to the outermost parts of the earth. But it was not without a struggle. Early on, that story was trampled upon by the military boots of ancient Rome. They tried to silence that story, but they couldn't put out the fire. The story of God's love still burns brightly in ancient Rome is long gone. Nazi Germany tried to put out that story and silence it, but it could not put out that fire. The story of God's love still burns brightly today, and Nazi Germany is no more. When I was a child, maybe some of you can relate to this, were the Russians always coming in your childhood? The Russians were always coming. And you know, remember what they made us do? They made us get under our little desks. Think about it. What would that have done for us? Nothing. The Russians were always coming. But today, the Berlin Wall is torn down, and Russia is no longer the threat that it once was. You know what that story is? That is fire. That is fire in that story. And now, here we are, Awana. Oh. Let's look at how we have joined that story. For decades, this has been a story that has been full of fire. Those before us carried the story of Jesus, and with them they brought hope in their special position as fire carriers. They brought hope into a hopeless world. They brought Jesus into a world with that special position. And to that achy world, they brought this hope. On their watch, the darkness did not win. They didn't fail on their watch. And the promise of eternal life was carried in the gospel that they proclaimed on their watch. That was fire. Look a little closer and see a young father. The story of the gospel drove everything for him. Whatever it took to reach that one kid for Christ, he would pursue it. 
He never, ever lost that fire. He carried it everywhere. It was his driving force. Meet a young Art Rohrheim fire carrier. His driving passion for the gospel made him desperately resourceful. He was desperate and resourceful to find God's provision. He was desperate and creative to find ways to disciple kids. He was desperate to bring the truth of God into this world. At Awana's beginning, there was no money. There was no model for uh, children's ministry being funded. There's, nobody had done this before. But they trusted God. And when they had the opportunity to get into a building of their own, oh, yeah, so it happened to be burned out. Nobody else wanted it. They grabbed it, even though they didn't have the money for it. And in this charred building, Art made a marvelous find one day. Crawling around inside the elevator, burned out elevator, there were some boxes that had escaped the fire. And in that elevator on his hands and knees and all that suit and muck and whatever, he found a wonderful discovery. A whole box of beanies. Just the thing for kids. Red and blue and green and yellow beanies. That's how Awana got its colors. And I'm pretty sure, though, he wasn't in that elevator looking for beanies. I'm pretty sure he was desperately looking for something from the hand of God. He was a desperate and not-to-be-denied ministry leader, looking for anything that might come from God's hand. Today, Awana inherits these two great passions. It's a passion for the gospel and a passion to reach more kids for Christ. It is still our DNA. Awana has boots on the ground fighting for the heart of the child and the future of the world. The urgency is clear. Now, it is our watch. This part of this story is about you and me. Here's a thought. Might we be the designated fire carriers for our part of the story? Have we been set apart to carry the gospel in our time? When I look what is happening around the world, and we are trying to just desperately catch up with the fire of God, I believe he has set us aside as designated fire carriers for our time. Go out From time to time, if I'm honest, I do a self-check. That Art Rohrheim crawling around in a burnt-out elevator is a hard act to follow. And I ask myself, Am I as determined and desperate as those who went before me? How far will I go to make sure every child in our reach has come home to God? Will I sing the Awana song when it gets tough? 
Will I crawl around in a burnt-out elevator looking for God's hand? Will I make the hard asks? Will I persevere even when the answers are no? Am I worthy to be called a fire carrier? Are we fire carriers? No one can tell this story alone. No one can carry this fire alone. We need each other, and we are better together. And you know what this is when it all comes together that way? It's our part of that great arching story that began in the beginning God created. He saw us coming, and he gave us a part in that story. He gave us a chapter, and that belongs to us. And when I look at that, I know it's something else besides story. I know it's fire. Pure and simple. It's fire. The Resilient Disciples Podcast is powered by Awana. Awana is a global nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping leaders to reach kids with the gospel and engage them in lifelong discipleship. Awana is fueled by the generous support of individuals, churches, and organizations, as well as resource sales. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and go to resilientdisciples.com for more resources and many more of these conversations. The podcast is mixed, edited, produced, and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Thanks to Kevin Orris and Phil Wallace for making the podcast happen. And thank you for listening. I'll talk to you on Thursday.